Hey, it's Seamus. Before we start the show, I want to shout out our sponsor, Kenwood Beer. Kenwood Beers, Philadelphia's premier light beer, and it's my favorite beer. Kenwood has just unveiled a new revamp, rebrand, the cans, the packaging. It all looks incredible. So you go to KenwoodBeer.com, check out their Kenny Tracker to find what beer stores, distributors, takeout spots, bars, restaurants near you sell ice cold Kenwood. Summer's uh, still here. We're in July. We're going to talk about football, ready for football season. So whether it's hanging out on your deck, by the pool, by the beach, an outdoor bar, beer garden in the summer, we're getting to the fall. In football season, you're grabbing a six-pack, a 12-pack, or now a 15-pack. Bring in a case of ice-cold Kenwood. Hang out with your boys, your family, your friends, and watch some football. Kenwood and football. What goes together better than that? Additionally, I want to shout out Tisberries for doing our theme song, Never Tear Us Apart. Uh, love the band. Love supporting the local music scene in Philadelphia. You can check out their Bandcamp page, tisberries.bandcamp.com. That is the best way to support independent artists. Buy some of their music. Buy some of their merch. Go see them in person, in concert. Do all that. So, for Zoe and I get to the birds, here are the Tisberries. We have a brand new episode of the Broad and Forever podcast. Back from Zoas, shot on the beach for it seemed like forever. I'm your host, Seamus Clancy of phillyvoice.com. I am joined on the cusp of Eagles training camp, just days after the Barbenheimer phenomenon. So, <laughs> how's it going? What's up, brother? Happy, uh, happy Monday. This is a Monday afternoon. We're shooting this. Uh, happy Day before birds training camp eve to everybody. I, it feels like it's been forever, man. Um, since we got some some live football to talk about. So I'm excited. Work's been dragging in the sense. We're still pumping out as much content, but I'm yeah. doing the James Harden rumor post every day. That's annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. When people click on it. Yeah. No one really likes reading Philly stuff unless it's the playoffs. So That's the regular season's a slog. And I was yeah. just dying for some excitement and then the eagles training camp schedule comes out over the weekend get it sent nice but in my credential requests my whole mood change i haven't been this excited on a monday that i'm working in god knows how long <laughs> what um what is the um schedule looking like so what rookies tomorrow and then everybody wednesday yeah media will be there on wednesday and okay. friday okay. uh I'll be there every training camp day except this upcoming Sunday. I have a wedding. Nice. Uh, great wedding idea. We, I think this is good for the podcast. It is one of my lifelong friends, my first friend, literally. literally. Oh, shit. Friend. Nice. He got hitched or eloped, I guess is the best way of saying yeah. it, in Vegas uh, yep. a month or two ago. That's awesome. So then he decided or they decided him and his now wife – yeah. To do just a backyard wedding party at the mom's house in Love like it. Mullica Hill or Cherry Hill area, one of those gigantic backyards. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, like 
I'll wear, you know, a summer light suit or whatever and you yeah. know, a shirt with no tie on button, you know, stickers. Yeah. And then I run into, well, first of all, I didn't think I got invited to the wedding. So I'm down yeah. the shore and this is like a family friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like he's in my Eagle season ticket group or my former one. Obviously I don't go to that anymore. I sit in the press box and my mom texts me and she goes, are you going to Danny's wedding? And I was like, I wasn't invited. And she goes, are yeah. you serious? And I was like, yeah. And then she texted my, for one of her best friends. She was like, did you, are you going to Danny's wedding? And she was like, Seamus didn't get invited. And I was like, I'm fucking showing up either way. Like, I'm just yeah, going to show. Yeah. yeah. If there's anyone's wedding, I could just show up for. That's like a backyard wedding and do that. I was going to do it for this guy. Yeah, of course. But then my mom eventually looks at the envelope and it says like, you know, and the Clancy family on the envelope. Oh, right. We were, okay. We well, that makes... To the end. Yeah. Anyway, the. The dress code. They're like, oh, you can wear shorts, just like a collared shirt. So obviously I'm less of a fan now because of the job. But since we had Eagle season six together, our friendship and my dad's relationship to him a little bit, the father figure is based on the Eagles. Me and my dad went on that FOCO website and bought these $75 Eagles matching Hawaiian shirts to wear to the wedding. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, right. you know, absolutely. I, I expected my mom to overrule it in about <laughs> seconds. And my dad's like, he's over the house one day. We grabbed coffee up here. And I'm like, he said, he's telling me all this shit. And he's like, oh, send it to your to your mother. He says your mother, like Tony Soprano says your mother. Yeah. If you want to imagine it. Send yeah. it to your mother. Right, and she's like, oh, s- sounds great. And I was like, that wasn't the response I was expecting. So I'm really not <laughs> send this. nice. They're at training camp and I'm wearing an Eagles shirt with a flamingo on it. Uh, enjoying some. I don't know if there'll be ice cold Kenwood there. If there's not, there should be. Maybe I bring a six pack show up. Maybe bring a sixer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That could that could be the move. That that's could a be good, the move. That's a good presentation. It shows that you put thought into it. Looks good for all parties. Right. Looks good for all parties involved. Yeah. I would say I would say a nice sixer of uh Kenny would, would do would do wonders. They should have that on the registry to begin with, honestly. Right, it should be. Right. There was no registry. I think I just show it with cash, and that's that's fine. Cash always works. We had a uh, no. No one doesn't like cash. My um, speaking of, it's so funny. Uh, my little cousins. Uh, I'll say a little. I mean, all three of them are eighteen, but um, so instead of twins and um, my other cousin, they they all graduated high school this year. And talking to my mom about like what to get them, you know, for, we had their graduation party last night. So like, you know, we're talking about what to get them, blah, blah. And my mom's just like, think about what you wanted when you graduated. I was like, all I wanted was money. She was like, well, there you go. So I wanted money for booze and weed. Right. So like, <laughs> that's literally one. Like, like I was, I was like, she was like, oh yeah. Like I was like, yeah, I, I literally just wanted money. So I fucking went to Wawa, like literally Brian corner from my parents' house and, and popped up with a card. And gave, you know, had all three of them gave them all, you know, 50 bucks and a I love you. And I was like, shit, that's right. I just wanted money for fucking uh for weed and to and to go get Chinese food. That's right. Yeah, that's a new pair of uh, military blue fours, copy. Yeah, like right. Uh, high get, school you know, anything to go toward like a new dicky suit or some some military <laughs> blue fours. Like that was that I was like, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what I wanted. It was just funds toward like my upkeep. Jordan's and uh 40s of course light. That's <laughs> from uh, the story of my 18 year old summer, and I remember um, we also had uh, there was like that that quick 
you know, it's weird because kids move in way sooner this year, you know, or this this era. I mean, but there was also that that like six day lull in between moving day and in the summer. And I we went down. Um, I went down to Wildwood with my best friend for like a weekend, and my dad, uh, my dad gave me a hundred bucks and like like that's like shit like that. Those little random trips before you. Yeah, ready to become a college student and shit. I mean, a hundred bucks then is so oh, yeah. gives me a thousand dollars now. Literally, I'm, I I ate like I, I could I, like, I could live off this the entire summer. Oh, like, this is great. This is gonna last. <laughs> this will last me all the way till September. Oh. <laughs> you didn't do Barbenheimer this weekend, correct? I didn't. Um, my household, we are planning on doing it this week. Uh, but I know you and a bunch of others did. I, I would tell you, as someone who hasn't seen it and who's only seen social media reactions, I have heard the full spectrum about both, but I have yet to hear that either was a bad movie. So I'll take that as a you know a good grain of salt. But also, my my stance on movies is if you liked it, you liked it. I I, I don't sure. know how to tell someone else that they, you know, that a movie sucked or something. There's obviously movies that I, 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 you know, that I've seen that I didn't like and, and other people have loved and vice versa. So, but I will say I'm excited to see um, both of them. I think, I've, I guess I've heard great things about both. Saw both of them. Love both of them. Maybe my two favorite directors currently working. I guess yeah. Scorsese, he's kind of an old head and doesn't count. Greta Gerwig yeah. and Barbie and Christopher Nolan yeah. in Oppenheimer. I think you'll see a lot of Oscar noms on both sides. You'll have a best screenplay, whether that's original or adapted for Barbie from Greta Gerwig. I would be kind of surprised if Margot Robbie doesn't get a nod for best actress. Not saying they're all going to win these, just just nominations. I think Christopher Nolan will definitely get sound mixing, some cinematography, his his hallmarks that his movies get nominated for. Again, wouldn't be surprised if Killian Murphy got Best Actor nomination. And there have been a couple of really nice candidates this year, but not necessarily the guy I would pick. But I would think as of right now in July, we were not in really an Oscar season yet. Those Oscar bait movies that come out in the fall festivals and everything. But right now, I would say Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss is probably the leading candidate to win the Best Supporting Actor Academy Award this year. At this point in July. At this point in July. No spoilers. I'm, I'm the most anti-spoiler person ever. Just saying, if you want to read a little bit more, I'm on Letterboxd. I'm at Clancy underscore Seamus on there if you want my movie takes. But I won't spoil anything on the pop. I would say... Um, um, it was fun doing them both. So we did a Barbie at 7.30 at KOP. We went to KOP because we wanted to see... The IMAX. Oppenheimer and the IMAX 70 millimeter film. So we the don't know what we could time out because... It's sold out like crazy in the IMAX yeah. formats. It's Barbie did a lot better at the box office, right? But those specific premium format ones are harder to get because people want to go to those ones specifically. Yep. So our Oppenheimer showing wasn't until eleven ten p.m. Oh shit! But I will say, if you do the IMAX seventy millimeter, because of the film size, there are no previews for it. So our movie started oh. at eleven ten many. Started at like eleven fifteen rather than like yeah. eleven thirty, which was right. nice because it was a three hour movie. Got home, you know, like a quarter to three. Wrote my little letterbox review, did a shot, and then went to bed. 
Did you? Um, did I, we went to Shake Shack beforehand at the Fuel Up? I am an anti-drinking something in the movie yeah. theater. I was. We were the first two people seated for Oppenheimer. Hell Between yeah. the time I sat down and the film started, I had left and went to the try to go to the bathroom three different times. <laughs> I had a cup of water at Shake Shack at like yeah. five thirty. Had a watching my figure avocado bacon double burger, but with a lettuce wrap, so it's okay. Hi-yo. Yeah, with a lettuce wrap. Didn't drink anything the rest of the night. Didn't have any food for for Barbie, but I did get. They were fucking cleared out of snacks. Oh, of course they were. So overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't blame the staffers. I blame the operations management people. Those people are just young kids trying to get by and make some money. No criticism to them. Yeah. Got the last bag because they weren't even having candy behind the counter at that point. They had stands outside because it was so hectic. Yeah, it was so crazy. I got the last bag of peanut M&Ms that I got for Oppenheimer. Historically, when I was younger, as a kid, you'd always eat your candy before the even movie fucking started with previews. This was a three-hour movie. I knew I was going to be hungry because I wouldn't get home for like, I wouldn't go to sleep for another five hours or so. Right, right. So what I do is I don't open it. And my rule is that I waited until we saw Matt Damon for the first time on screen for me to dig in, which is about 20-ish minutes in. Very cool. So- Pace myself a little bit. Phenomenal movie. If you have the ability to see an IMAX at all, even if it's not 70 millimeter, or if you can see it in at the Philadelphia Film Center, I'm a member of the Philadelphia Film Society. Do my yearly membership. One of my favorite places in the world to be. They are showing it on 35 millimeter at the Film Center. They just the best of Philly too. They did. They absolutely deserved it. And they are also playing it digitally at the Bourse on 4th and Chestnut just because so many people are trying to watch it. They have a million Barbie times at the PFS awesome. East on Second Street, and they're still showing Asteroid City a bunch. It's uh, no, I live there. I go there, no shit, like three times a week to the board. So we saw, um, we took um, a bunch of A4 guys to see the the Air movie. Um, I love that, and uh, we we took them down there, and it was obviously for a lot of guys. It was their first time in that kind of theater, so it was awesome. Obviously, the you know historic nostalgic. And um, we had a we honestly for a Saturday. That's actually if you remember, that's why I texted you to see if you were down there because they had, yeah. it was during the weekend of their festival. But we had a, it was a full house, um, but super super cool, man. I, I I think that a place like that is so is so important to you know the the rich history of of movies and and, and stuff that we have in this city. So I'm I'm glad that it it's it's still around. I'm happy they're getting, you know, happy they're getting the recognition they deserve. It's it's so important though. Yeah, it's it's great for the city. And yeah. you know, when I got this, when the Eagles offseason hit after the Super Bowl, I was, you know, crushing work, work was everything because yeah. football yeah. was everything. So I felt like I was I was either even if I wasn't working, I was working in the way. And I'm talking right. to my therapist after the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm so fucked up out of shape. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, sure, I feel yeah. purposeless. He was like, you need a hobby. And I was like, yeah, well, I like going to the movies. So I just started going to the movies three or four times a week if I'm off. But yeah, I, I saw someone tweet, like, going to the movies twice in one day is insane. I'm like, that's just a fucking Tuesday afternoon <laughs> for me during the week. <laughs> Dude, I'll go to the, uh, the film center when they, they play, like, a block of movies back to back yeah. to back. Like, the Internal Affairs Hong Kong 
police procedural movies this weekend. <laughs> I might go see those Internal Affairs 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Basis of The Departed, classic Martin Scorsese 2006 flick, Best Picture winner. Uh, but yeah, I love that shit. I saw Air, went to an early screening at the PFS. I was, uh, was a VIP. They had a, a seat. My name on it said reserve for Seamus Clancy. Oh yeah, back in like February, March. Yeah. So there was a there was a poster for the movie out there that had not just Ben Affleck's name and Matt Damon's name, but my own name on there too, as I had long hoped for when I watched Goodwill Hunting for the first time as a kid. So dreams come. It true. was um, that was a busy. So when we saw it, it was an extremely busy day. We're on a school bus on our way down. And I get a text and four calls. Like our all of our bat phones are going off. Everybody's like, holy shit, they just traded for DeAndre Swift. Um, oh, so, dude, so that, that's a thing. So I wasn't working that day and I'm burned out on work and I'm not having to do anything for the draft. I said, I'm going to the movies. I yeah. paid 40 <laughs> bucks and I watched five like 1970s and 80s Italian horror flicks that had yeah. dubs over there. Oh, and, shit. The, and the service sucked in there. And I was like two hours late. Like one movie must have just started and they did the train. Oh, the okay. So then I'm going into the bathroom intermission. I turn my phone on airplane. If I'm, if I'm technically on a work day, even right. if it's at night, I'm on call. I leave air. I don't put it on airplane mode. If right, I'm off, yeah. I put it on airplane mode. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to the bathroom, you know, hitting the restroom real quick flip it on and i just have like you know <laughs> yeah like george bush reading the book to the classroom style <laughs> notifications <laughs> uh, i was like whoa and then i was like zoe's probably zoe's probably already at the prep <laughs> he's right, probably yeah. already there we you want zoe's at edgley we fucking right all right like yo yo can we turn this thing around we got i got channel six is gonna meet me at the prep already we um we went to, uh, we got down there, and the first thing we said was like, oh, shit, like, you guys think there will be cameras there when we get back? So we get back, and sure enough, there was an NBC and a Channel 6 camera there. I'm sure just getting B-roll of the, of the you know, of the J-Zoo and stuff, but um, we had already got, like, there was a bunch of, like, people just like, yo, like, can you imagine what like Papa Swift is going through right now? Like, like how excited is that Swift gonna be? He was deadlifting um, when he got the phone call. Right. He's got he's like, yo, my bad. I had to I had to move a trailer from one side of the park to the other when I when I got this news. But yeah, it was that was such a funny day because I think um I had told somebody had asked me, yo, like, are you and Shamus doing backflips? And I was like, Yeah, I think I think he's genuinely is just bogged down at work right now. He probably doesn't even see it. But you were in the movies, but it's funny. I no, I'm watching like some know. like teen horror movie where <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly is sent to an Italian remote village. <laughs> you got your money's worth, though. It's good. Oh, I definitely got my money's worth. Uh, we'll flip a switch a little bit. What was the Sydney Brown event you were at? So if you didn't see, Zoe was on the news in the background. I'm not sure which station. I'm not going to refer to any stations, give them any yeah, plug yeah, yeah. or publicity. Won't be doing that. Uh, but what was the Sydney Brown event? Sydney Brown, the Eagles' third-round draft pick, safety out of Illinois. The uh, Eagles probably don't have a lot of camp battles, but I would say they yeah. have three or four, and the, there'll be three guys for two safety spots, and Sydney Brown will definitely be in the mix. Yeah, so he um, 
he is uh, so my my barber in true barber fashion is a a terrific um, just like networker and he somehow ran into uh, just you know in the process of just cutting hair and you know trying to you know build uh, continuing to build his business ran into somebody um, who in a PR sense knew Sydney and he was like, look, I, you know, I own a barbershop in Downingtown, um, where, you know, where it's a family shop, which it is, it is a family barbershop, all-star image in Downingtown. So if anybody lives in, in the Chesco area, check them out. Um, but he was saying, if you, you know, what's the thoughts or like, what do you think is the chances of us getting Sydney to come out and sign some autographs and stuff? And the person like turned it like on his head and was like, how about we just make it like a whole day? So he actually was there from i think they said like 2 30 to like six o'clock so basically like three and a half hours she was just there chilling signing autographs taking pictures with folks um i think he took like one giant group photo with a bunch of people um and whoever the eagles i i don't know you probably knew this person but there was one eagles pr person with him um and this dude was just kind of like navigating traffic and they brought um this unnamed news you know news station with them to do a hit so the guy they where you do were they where you were the co-host of brought in forever it seems like they weren't right right i was like <laughs> i was like first of all can i give you a card <laughs> yeah it seems like they're unaware who you are right. you clearly don't know who your who your a, a people are here but let, let me let me learn you really quick like what the fucking uh what the re say on um when he was like, what did Ari Gold say? He's like, oh, do you know me yet? Well, you don't worry, you will. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, he, the guy comes up and it's me and Amari. And <laughs> it's very, it's, it's, Amari was, had just woken up from a nap too. So he's just like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like, this fucking camera in my face. I'm hungry. I just want, I just want some funnel cake. So the guy comes up and I was like, say go birds, man. And he's like, nah. I was like, <laughs> so we're just like, we're just like cracking up. Like, like, and Sydney Brown, um, to his credit, you know, got him out of his show a little bit, started, you know, shook his hand and all that. So that's when, like, that camera came up to us and got to go birds. But the other camera, we didn't even, like, we didn't even notice. This dude was just, like, in the cut, like, being a creep. That's where that shot came from. Um, and then right after that shot, we got a picture with him. But it was a, you know, super, super nice event. Sydney himself, like, at least personal wise, extremely personable. Um, he was just, you know, man to man, just talking about how, you know, people that he's met so far, fans and, and city, you know, people in the city alike have been extremely welcome to him. Um, he mentioned the same thing. We just mentioned that like he's, um, he feels like he's got a, a good chance to come in and at least fight for a spot. Like he's, he's, he speaks like a guy who's, who's, Definitely come in and turn some heads. I mean, I, I I didn't watch a ton of Big Ten football, but um, you we're know, SEC guys at heart. Yeah, we're SEC guys at heart. So apologies to him, but I know for a fact that like uh, at least the Big Ten guys that I know said that he's he's definitely got some game to him. But that might be honestly, it's gonna we're gonna flip the switch over to that too. But I feel like out of the battles, that may be like one of what maybe three battles at all during this camp, yeah. like. Um, so I'm excited to see that one though. I think I think the guy, I think he truly has a chance to at least split minutes with somebody. 
Yeah, so I was going to get into the camp battles, ask you who you think. I yeah. give my take a little bit too. So safety position. Two starters. They got three guys really in the mix of stars. Yeah. You have Reed Blankenship, who was really the Eagles' best rookie last year. Was. Most impactful as an undrafted rookie free agent out of, I believe, yeah. Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. And then you have Terrell Edmonds brought in as a free agent, a veteran free agent signing this offseason, and Sidney Brown. My take right away, I believe week one, we're going, who do you think the week one starters are? First snap out there. I'm saying Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds, but I say by week 15, you might see Sidney Brown in there instead of Edmonds. I would agree with you. I think Reed Blankenship showed enough, especially in the playoffs, to to warrant at least getting 70% of those snaps. Um, Terrell Edmonds, you know, just for the veteran, he's a guy you don't have to teach much, so I'm sure that'll be default, you know, especially for a team that's that's got a very, very, very top-heavy schedule, um, you know, to, to start and to end. So I think that plays into it, but I, I agree with you. I think that once we get to – 15, 16, 17, I, I, I would not be shocked at all if you see uh, Sydney take the the leap from, you know, Gunner on special teams to to split in some time with Reed Blankenship. An underrated battle. Linebacker. Obviously, yeah. it seems he hasn't played a lot in the NFL level, but it seems the Eagles are ready to hand over the number one linebacker job, the green dot linebacker job, the guy yeah. who ideally – is the one linebacker that's always on the field to second-year rookie or second-year players, rookie last year, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. And then who will be the Eagles never really play three linebackers. So that, that idea is antiquated, but who's going to be the second linebacker they bring in, they always bring in some random vet on a one, eight year deal this year. It's Nicholas Morrow, but I will say Eagles media didn't see a lot of OTAs. They were only there for two practices. Okay. And I saw in purpose, in person, and talking to some other people, Christian Ellis, I think, had the best performance in yeah. OTAs. And that's just two practices. They're going to be a lot more than two practices this summer in training camp. They're going to be a lot more than there's there are multiple games in the preseason for him to showcase himself. But I say right now, the two linebackers out there are Nicobe Dean and Christian Ellis. I'm also, I'm, I'm a big, um, well, I'm big Nicobe guy so I'm really excited of course to take the reins on that you know we are SEC guys at heart um I think that where there's smoke there's fire and you know Christian Ellis is a guy who um you know in OTAs was written about as being a surprise a surprise you know surprise performer a guy that people are excited about on a team I think they they at least are going to give him all the opportunity to to take that second spot so um, I'm going to say it's N'Kobe Dean as the lead dog, uh, pun intended, and then Kristen Ellis, you know, flanking him there. Underrated wrinkle there. Christian Ellis, number 53. Good Eagles number. Had some good 53s in, in our time. Yeah. Hugh Douglas. Yeah. I think yep. that's a very good linebacker number. I think it looks good in the Eagles font. Yep. Nicholas Morrow, number 41. Not really a mm-hmm. off-ball linebacker number to me. That's a – I think Hassan nope. Reddick could be a 41, a uh, kind of a stand-up edge rusher yeah. in the 41. Nope. I, like, I like tight ends in the 40s, low-key. Yeah. Don't like it for him. Don't like it for him. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big 40s guy. I feel like 
I think tight ends in the 40s are good. I, I don't like us. I'm not a fan of a safety wearing 40s. I think that, yeah, yeah, it's going to look weird. It's going to look weird that he loses, he's got, he loses points for that for me. All right. So we also have this is probably the most important camp battle. Yep. Because of how this is truly and has been essentially the entire time I've watched the team the main building block, the fundamental aspect of this franchise, what they build themselves upon is the offensive line. Yep. The Eagles have two all pros, three total pro bowlers, another guy in Jordan Ayalata who could be in that mix this year, best offensive line in the league. They will have a new starter this year, a first time starter, a guy, whoever's starting will have played very minimally or not at all. Right. At the NFL. All. right. So we have last year's day two pick Cam Jurgens. One of multiple players over the years who's been drafted to be the heir apparent. New also was drafted to see Jason Kelsey, Isaac yes. Sayamalo. He played out his entire rookie entire contract rookie here contract. and then yes. went somewhere and another mini yes. deal and went elsewhere. Kelsey outlasted uh, him all, right. And Landon Dickerson, who was supposed to be that guy, and Jason Kelsey kept playing on all pro level, Hall of Fame level. Now Landon Dickerson is a Pro Bowl left guard. I wouldn't move him uh, a step, have him and Melata there for the next seven or eight years. You're set. Right guard. Could be Cam Jurgens. Is he going to be the guy that steps in at right guard and tier offensive lineman has versatility doing both? You thought of him as the center of the future. The Eagles clearly right. value that position more than most teams around the league. But additionally, it doesn't look like that job is going to be straight handed over to him because the yeah. Eagles drafted from Alabama, guy who played tackle at Alabama, but looks like he's going to play guard in the pros, maybe some yeah. outside inside versatility. You know, Jeff Stoutland loves that. You know, Jeff Stoutland loves the Alabama guys. Yeah. Tyler Steen, I think watching that shit in training camp is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. Also, because Tyler Steen is a big, big, big bear motherfucker. He's got huge hands. Um, the guy, like, I mean, you know, in typical SEC offensive lineman fashion, he's, he's versatile. He gets his hands on you, and and he moves you. Um you know, Cam Jurgens obviously has been in the system four years, so he's got that going for him. Uh, and he's, you know, he's not a small guy either. I think he's certainly going to put up a fight. I would not be shocked at all, though, if this is Tyler Steen's job. I, I really, really think he's got um, some juice to him. And, you know, I, I think Stoutland will, like he always does, he'll pick the most versatile person for the job, you know. And I think Tyler Steen is going to turn a ton of hits. And I think in this in today's NFL, turning anything over to a rookie doesn't have the bang that it used to. Like there's no shock value to that. Guys, I mean, people turn whole franchises over to rookies all the time now. Like I just think that it's you know, it's just not the there's just it just doesn't have the bang that it used to. Like, so it won't be a big deal if he's starting next to those guys. Yeah, I mean, playing beside two guys who I don't know if they're both definitely get in, but two guys who should be in the Hall of Fame and those yeah. two, maybe the two best offensive linemen in the entire sport makes it easy. Yeah. But I could see a scenario akin to what we said about the safety position, akin to what we saw in 2017, where there was a change at guard in the middle of the season. Yep. Uh, yep. One guy starts the year, might not be the guy who's who finishes the year. there At all. Yeah. I, I would pick right now Cam Jurgens. I think what you mentioned of being in the system for a year matters. I think they're both supremely talented, supremely athletic in different ways. You know, you have the traditional, I mean, those are the two archetypes I would bet on with an offensive lineman, yeah. a Alabama brawler 
and then a Big Ten dude grow up barrel and hay, that type of motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But and, you, and you can see uh, week 11, it's Monday Night Football. Uh, the Eagles lose. Chris Jones eats one of those dudes lunch, dinner, breakfast, fourth meal, whatever it is. And there's a switch there. There's a switch before the bye week, after the bye week. I could see a lot of those things happening. I could see, you know, I see that. I could also see, like, if, um, you know, they go down to Dallas and one of those, one of those D tackles, um, you know, has a filled day. Like they, you know, they have a shiny new, um, you know, nose tackle from Michigan who's not going to be uh, anything short of a problem. So, like, I, I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunities for whoever it is to show and prove in live game action. And I, but I don't, I think the one good thing, right. About the staff is we can depend on them to make the right decision. So yeah, if, I have, <laughs> I have faith in Sirianni and right. specifically Stoutland to, right. you're going to have to defer to their judgment. I, I would expect there's a quick leash. If yep. this was going into last season yep. with the preseason expectations of last year, coming off the 2021 season, that was surprising. Maybe not so much in a season that's not just Super Bowl or bust; it's parade or bust. Yeah, Super Bowl or bust, parade or bust, parade or bust. Yep. And be, doing that really does require even more so now with the the new playoff format the last couple of years. You need the buy. You yeah. need the number one seed. Yeah. I think there will be a quick trigger in all of these battles that we're discussing right now. And I think that um, it's gonna that 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 buy that opportunity to tie up shit later, you know, earlier in the season than, than later, which I don't think is going to happen this year. I actually think that um, it's, it's unfortunately going to be a really, really, I, I, my prediction is 14 and three, but I think that it's going to be a, a much tougher 14 and three than we're used to. I, I think it wasn't that, a cru- Last year was a cruising 14 and three, right? Cruising, right. cruising, I literally sleep at halftime, 14 and three. Um, I think they will definitely earn a ton of their wins this year. Um, Bang two articles before the fourth quarter was over. It right, was, Bang, it was, I was, it was a first-year reporter's dream. Dude, up in the it press was terrific. I mean, we got we, we got dinner running at into the, <laughs> yeah. the first quarter. Like, yo, what's awesome. going on on Red Zone right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what my boy Sky Hansen is up to. Um, I I think that we got um, we got probably it's going to be another two-dog race uh, for the for the division. Um, I think that you want to keep that running back committee as healthy as you can. Um, I, you know, you got a bunch of guys, a bunch of good guys, but your two main backs are oft injured. Um, you know, I mean, those guys are always Nick. So like, you know, Rashad Penny has a, had a knee thing. Um, you know, DeAndre. As long as they're not both hurt at the same time, they could be hurt right. the other days. Well, that's, right. so, so like, that's, like, that's the joke I've been saying all along. Yeah, the same thing we said, right? The day the day that they got DeAndre, the, the, what we all said was four games on, hurt. four games off, both of them. Just don't be hurt at the same time, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like the both of you can't. So like, if if one dude's got to miss four games, the other dude can't be, can't have miss fucking five games or something like that. So, um, that'll be key too. So I'm that's another thing I'm excited for to see. How they manage that, you know. I think you know Boston Scott is obviously way he's more kind of like out of the. I think he's like seen. kind of out of the mix. He's which is a shame. I was all yeah, even, which is like you know before before my reporter story. days. You know he's uh, like a cult fan favorite, uh, like kind of a process player, but actually a guy who contributed yeah. on like some okay teams, yeah. some like 
okay, good teams and then a great team last year. Yeah. Uh, fun player. You know, he has to – he might not dress some games. I think he, he – I would dress four running backs just because of this system. I and would. how versatile yeah. is with, with the injury system too. And I think they all complement each other so, so well. Yeah. Uh, but I think they are – very high on Kenny Gainwell. I don't think they blink twice at Miles Sanders leaving. I don't think yeah. they blink twice about pseudo stealth benching, however you want to describe Miles Sanders' usage in the Super Bowl compared yeah. to what we saw from Kenny G and Boston Scott. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to beat that horse too much. I obviously had to get one mention in. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they have some versatility there. I don't, I don't view that as much as a camp battle the way we're nah. talking these other ones because of how much guys are going to rotate in and out. Yeah. You know, maybe. You know, play one week one. It's Rashad Penny. Yep. And you know, maybe play one week six. It's DeAndre Swift or Kenny G. But I don't think that's like a benching situation like we're talking about with these other guys. No, I think it's more of a, um, you know, two things. One, who who's the hot hand, or like you know who can. The game where Kenny Gainwell gets eight carries in the second half, like again in the in the playoffs, right. and so whoever's hot, like whoever's hot, it's got to go to whoever the hot hand is. I'm sure, I'm sure if it hasn't already been bestowed to those guys, it will be bestowed to them. That whoever is the hot hand, or whoever is whoever Jalen is vibing with at the moment, is going to be the one that they decide to ride with. Um, which makes me to see who like, Jalen vibes with, like who's running yeah, the. Yeah. That read option yeah. with him well. Who clicks with that? And I, I don't have a definitive answer right now. Me neither. And I don't think it's necessarily like a, a a personality or thing like that. I didn't want to make it come off like that. I mean, who really gels with this system when you have two yeah. new guys and there are two guys who in their own right, you could say if, but whatever with injuries, and that's 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 the nature of the game. But guys who I think can be true top backs in this league, if not for the the injury woes, and that's why they're here on cheap, yeah. easy deals in Philly. But I think that's going to be a fun element. And the way we're talking about these other battles might have Eagles fans a little nervous. I think this is kind of a good problem to have for a oh, team a that yeah. uh, really doesn't like to do. And I'm not talking that historically. Obviously, they had Brian Westbrook, who was a committee guy and then become a, you know, an all-pro in his own right. Same thing with LaShawn McCoy comes in and then he's a, a star for multiple years. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. You think, um, you think that they are going to carry – four receivers like you think it would be Kez and Alameda or I think they definitely carry four do they carry five is what I'm oh I guess they do carry five because of Covey they don't carry six I guess yeah so would it carry six I I think that I think they have I think like the five guys are locks and then it's up to guys if maybe they get one more guy in or who gets on the practice squad I think those five are locks yeah I I mean I could see Quez Watkins get traded. I did a, like a, a column the other, like last month, six, seven weeks yeah. ago, uh, about like just random trades that could happen. And one was, you know, Quez Watkins in a seventh for like a six from like the Patriots or, or a team like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, those are the types of random trades you see in the preseason, or they trade him to, you know, New York for a linebacker because the Joe Douglas connect. And they trade him yeah. to New England again because they always trade with New England. Stuff they always like trade New England. Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think that's another, that's another fun. I don't think that's a – I wouldn't call it a battle either. I think that's another fun problem to have. I think that – Yeah, I was, I was going to close with the debate that's probably nearest to your heart. You have Z coming in, who is a much, much different player. Yeah. Quez Watkins was used a lot differently. Quez is kind of a traditional go-route guy on the outside. Probably 
not the best fit in the slot last season. I don't think this yeah. team needs a vertical slot guy because of the versatility of both AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, those are guys that aren't just in route guys, fly guys. They're guys who can run everything in the route tree. But I would like to see what Z brings to the offense in the sense that it's something we haven't seen with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts likes the middle of the field. Jalen Hurts likes the short game as much as he likes trying to air it out to those guys. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see some interesting wrinkles with him, maybe throw him in the backfield a little bit. As we know, way, way back in the day, he played running back at the prep some. Uh, so I think there's, again, setting all the pod, room for versatility there. I think they will – I think they want Quez Watkins to win the job. I think – He's a guy that Sirianni spoke out about and OTAs, which to me, reading the tea leaves, not a sourced information was, hey, we see this guy getting some shit in the press, fan base, has a Super Bowl drop. We brought another guy to his position who has a local connection. That's going to give people, make him kind of an instant fan favorite. Let's see Quez get it together and and amp himself up and have – you know, steal this job and be the guy he kind of was yeah. in his sophomore season in 2021 rather than 2022 and, you know, the Super Bowl, which yeah. unless he catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl this year, <laughs> he'll, get, he'll get defined by. But you never know. That could be the, the ultimate redemption story. They get back and they have a similar spot against Cincinnati or Buffalo, Kansas City, and he hauls in a 57-yard catch. You never know. I, I think he's a – well, we, we, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen – I think there is our issue is what their issue is. We've seen enough that we know he's talented. We know he can catch the ball, but we've also seen him literally drop the ball in crucial situations more than one. Actually, I mean, he had a crazy two. drop against Denver in 2021. If you remember that, it was, it was when yep. Jalen wasn't doing it all in the past, but he was really playing his best uh, yeah. as a as a thrower all season in that game, and he had a fucking lightning rod to. Quez, it went through his hands. He early in the game, he had a phenomenal throw and catch to Devontae when Devontae was really starting to ball out as a rookie yep. when the team really started to gel together. Uh, so we'll see. I think that'll be, I think that's the fan base's yeah. most anticipated yeah. battle. I think the most important is the right guard battle. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, and those are but this is, the, this is probably also the only city that like gives so much uh, cares so much about the offensive line play where oh, yeah. I think it could be talking next mid-February next year and we might be saying Jason Kelsey is the most beloved athlete in Philadelphia history not just Easily. Eagles, not just the 21st century We're talking over Iverson, Schmidt, Dr. J Utley, Howard, Rollins any of those guys yeah I mean he's Hawkins. already I mean he's he's in the he's pantheon he's, in, he's definitely in in the pantheon, I would say he is. We'll, I mean, we'll talk another hour about this, but I, just, yeah, that's I, like that's like know. next. That's like an August in between preseason yeah. and regular season. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm with very, some cold Ken, with some Kenwoods for that one. I think we even need some, some cold Kennys. Um, and I'm I'm super I'm I'm super excited though. I I think that you know this is. I think people are, first of all, I think we're all dying for football. I think that. Today I just really, woke up and I was in a fucking football mood, dude. I, know, I, I swear it's me. I was like, dude, I, was like yep. I, I just, I woke up and I, you know, I had to sign some forms for the Eagles. I did a little Phillies trade rumor thing and then saw the Kelly Green Treat, did a little article on that, that that did well. Just those dumb, like a dumb article where, yeah. you know, you're like, you're on, on, on Facebook sharing it being like, why haven't they shown us the jerseys yet? Like, one, like those are the money posts. I could write 
900 words really well about how Jalen Hurts is playing or Devontae Smith with some video highlights <laughs> and, you know, 200 words on what the social media team is doing will do four times as many clicks. They there it be. is. It, it really is incredible, man. There is no <laughs> it's, city. It's, it's, it's hilarious and disheartening at the same time. Like, I love oh, yeah, it. Of course. It's- you're like, you're like, I got 1,100 worries on Philly's trade deadline, and people are like, no thanks. That's Tom Kelly Green. Two most read Eagles articles last year, or three, I'll give you. One was I wrote about during the Super Bowl week, the Always Sunny Super Bowl episodes and how they kind oh, of encapsulate the right. – That one was good. Uh, fellow was prepper cool. Rob McElhenney gave it a like on Twitter. Yes. No big deal to me. Uh, and these other two ones, they were just another stories that I was like – Man, I hope like a thousand people click on this. That'd be good because I have nothing to write about. One was the com- like uh, Sue last year, and Dominic Sue said like I'm ho- I'm so happy I signed with Philly, and it was the, the article was just like an embed tweet of that and like him saying like oh, and me writing like oh he played X place last year, he made X Pro Bowls, he won X Super Bowl, and now he's here. And then during the Super Bowl uh, ramp up in between the Niners game and the Chiefs game, Hassan Reddick. Uh, his mom did an article for the Players Tribune. I think. Do you yes. remember that? I don't. Yes. Know, I don't know if it was him and his mom was quoted or his mom wrote it. I, I just, I just did a story linking to that story, yeah. and the Facebook moms, the Facebook grandmas, the <laughs> Facebook aunts. Oh, it was. Oh, they were crying. I mean, it was a, it was an unbelievable story she wrote. I was tearing up as I read yeah. it the first time. Uh, but just hilarious. This, this. No, it was definitely his mom. Yeah, she. Yeah. She wrote it to him and she said it was like a ton about like, you know, I I, ne- I don't regret any of the sacrifices I made to yeah. to keep you playing football and like remember where you're from. And man, yeah, I listen, as again, as one as a Philadelphian and a and an Eagles fan, it really choked you up. And then I'm sure it did something crazy to all the moms. But you honestly, if you just had a heart, like it was a, it's a really good fucking story. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I definitely encourage people to go back and find it and read it. Like it, it just talks. She literally just talks about how they, like, she knew, like, from the start that it was something he wanted to do, and she was going to do whatever it took to keep him playing. And like, it goes hand in hand to how he talks about how, you know, his mom made a ton of sacrifices for him, and how, you know, that's the reason why he gives back so much. You know, he's a guy. For those that don't know, he's a guy. Very active, does, very active in the Canon community. Yes. Yes, sir. Extremely active in the community. And like, you know, it's all based around that stuff. So definitely so it makes a ton of sense because that it's a really good story. And, and you know, obviously he's a super good dude. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy he's an evil. I'm happy, you know, he got he got his money. But uh I do think he is he's now the second highest paid. Or third highest paid edge rusher, which like needs to be changed because like the two dudes are getting paid more than him now. Uh, you know, no no offense to either of them, but they're they're no Hassan Reddicks. Uh, I'm not sure if he was at OTAs. I can't recall. I don't know. I would assume he's in a report this week, but yeah. not saying anything in a, in a mean way. Yeah, 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 of course. Not, yeah. He seems like a holdout candidate in the yeah. sense that. He is supremely underpaid relative to the contract he signed last off. Yeah. And then we've seen that a couple of times in the Eagles over the years. This isn't something about his character or anything like that. I've, if I was him, I'd be holding out already. I would have like made it very public uh, or at, at very least next year, I'm sure he will have a reworked contract. 
uh, that's more how we style a rework rather than yeah, that's what I was gonna a say, holdout yeah. pay raise. Yeah, uh, I'm sure like, he'll I, get I last year is technically the end, last year of his contract, so he'll get you know some crazy construct where he gets like ten million dollars in like straight cash, and you know the Eagles have a salary cap hit of nine hundred thousand dollars for him or whatever. Yeah, like he'll want like you know I know like uh, the it, it's it's tough to there was a joke that like um, whenever they go to like whenever whenever a defensive lineman goes to the negotiation table. The first thing they hear is, well, obviously you're not getting paid what Aaron Donald got paid, right? Because like everybody's like, all right, well, of course I'm not getting Aaron Donald money. I get that, but like, I think that's going to be what what turns into for edge rushers. What turns into like, well, obviously we can't pay you TJ Watt money. But I think that's like, um, we're, we're getting to that point. I mean, we can talk all day about TJ Watt versus Hassan Reddick. I would probably prefer Hassan Reddick, but that's. I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased. Um, I mean, you, you you value your own guys, and there's a connection right. there. There's the logo right. flavor. There's the tempo flavor, um, and you know he balled out on the you know the best. You know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but that was the best Eagles team I had seen in my yeah. life. I don't think oh, that's yeah, really necessarily sure. an arguable point. This could be another hour long conversation, but we'll just do a quick answer for you, and then we'll sign off. Is Aaron Donald the best non quarterback of all time? I think you got to like you have to be quarterback agnostic because like if you're starting a team you'd pick a quarter you pick Tom Brady or yeah, yeah. Brady. I, honestly I used to say it was Deion Sanders but I'm going to say it's Aaron Donald. I yeah, really I'm kind of him. I'm in the you know LT Deion him and Ed Reed I really think is like a I would player. say yeah I, I always thought that I would probably even <laughs> I probably I think he's like what, like if you even include quarterbacks not like. Yeah. Like fantasy draft franchise Madden, yeah. but just the ten best football players of all time. I really think I'd read something. Like this. And I really, really thought I, I wasn't sure that there would be anybody who would top Dion for me. Um, and then, then Ed Reed came along, and man, did I boy, did I love Ed Reed. And, and I thought that he was a guy like that. I thought that at some point, obviously Ray Lewis was a guy like that. Um, but Aaron Donald, man, I mean, the dude, like you said. Any a non-quarterback, if you you tell me all oh, oh, I have to start Aaron Donald, then I, I feel pretty good about the rest of my chances. I have several framed Brian Dawkins things behind me, and I actually don't think it was particularly close between the two of them. Mm, nope, not for I me. I think like like tier one and then tier two is Ben Palomalu, and I think he's yes pretty better than yeah. him. I think that's like a different like that's yeah. a reasonable debate. Um, like this was like I, I remember there's a. It might have been um, all Hall of Famers, all three of them, but just oh, for like sure, an inner, yeah. inner circle all time guy. It might have been, it might have been Super Bowl, but they asked Peyton Manning and Tom Brady like who they hated playing with, safe like what cornerback or safety they hate playing against the most throughout their career, and they both said Ed Reed, and it wasn't even close. Like Brady literally was like, "Oh yeah, Ed Reed." He's like, "He's like Ed Reed was." Every knew everything I was going to do and everywhere. One of the play. highest football IQ players ever. Uh, outside of Easy. Dion, probably bet the best uh, defensive returner ever in terms Easy. of a, yeah. a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I mean, guys that play at the U, that's that's going to be par for the course for them, definitely. Super par for the course, right. They're just yeah. super smart guys. They live the game. You know, guys that will they're, – they're leaders from, from day one. So, like, it, did, it made perfect sense. That's it for me, dude. You want to plug? 
Plug the right to Ricky Sanchez newsletter. Just celebrate their 10th anniversary. Phenomenal phenomenal for the Philadelphia media scene. Very, uh, one of the most influential outlets or I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, Platforms out there and in the Philly sports scene. It really is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing, man. Um, it, it, it has been a very fast 10 years. Like I told, like I told the guys, so I actually, Spike and I met probably um, a year after they started the Ricky. Um, and it's been a soundtrack to my life as a Sixers fan, you know, good and bad, obviously mostly bad, but like, um, I'm, I'm proud of them, proud of the work that they do and the impact, like you, you know, the impact they've had on, on local media and how it's reported, you know, I, I think that um, it's that they're definitely been the the voice of a, a a generation for for quite some time. So I'm happy I get I'm happy to be part of the team. Happy I get to work with those guys. So you know, if you guys are interested in reading more, you should be interested in reading more. There's a ton of good stuff and a good staff over there. Um, RiceToRickySanchez.com/slash/newsletter. We go out every Thursday morning, so you know there'll be a fresh one in your in your mailbox this Thursday morning. And um, yeah, we'll talk. I mean, we're you know just like you know things are ramping up on the birds and you know things. Yeah, I mean like read the newsletter and listen to the podcast and read. That's I mean, it. I'm always gonna be biased to Philly Voices own Kyle Newbeck as the best Sixers writer, but great collection of writers, Adam. Yeah, all guys who do the same things. Time, you know, yeah. Mike O'Connor, AU, you, just and obviously stuff, Mike and Spike on the pod. So do all that, but don't watch the games themselves. No, no games. The games themselves. No games. No podcast <laughs> newsletter broaden forever. Don't watch the games. No games. Don't watch the games. The games. Yeah, just the podcast newsletter is all you need. Don't yeah. watch the games. Don't do it to yourself. Like, look at the box score afterwards. That's all you need. Yeah, now. just, just read the, the box store. Look at the box store. That's all you need. Look at the box store. We'll we'll handle all the heavy lifting. Don't watch the games. So you, you could follow on Twitter, and if they're losing, you'll be like, "Oh, I'm glad I didn't watch." Right. <laughs> Oh shit, they won. That's great. Let me check the box door. Oh, like you know, Max, you had 23. Good night. Just go to sleep. Oh, great. You, know, you didn't waste you didn't almost waste three hours of your life. You almost waste three hours. Don't let let us do all that work for you. Take 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 a go to the boards instead. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right. Uh I don't have anything else. Phillyvoice.com. I'll have a ton of shit up there and training get myself. Jimmy Kemsky will be down there trying to bring you as comprehensive Eagles coverage as possible. I'll be doing nice tallying Jalen Hurts' stats and giving you a play-by-play breakdown of how he's performed in camp as I did last summer and I did an OTAs earlier this summer slash spring. So we're doing that, some little features. I don't think the locker room is going to be open during training camp, so we'll be at the the mercy of the players that the Eagles PR staff, great PR staff, allows to speak to at the little media tent. So hopefully having some nice features to go alongside you know, everyone wanting to know what's going on with the person who everyone in Philadelphia likely believes is going to be the NFL MVP this year and maybe right. even Super Bowl MVP. Kenwood, Tisberries, have fun. Don't watch have the fun. fucking Sixers. <laughs>